Business Art, your source for conversations on arts and culture. I'm your host, Rob Lee. And today I am thrilled to welcome my next guest. And <clears throat> welcome to the Truth in This Art, your source for conversations on arts and culture. I'm your host, Rob Lee, and I'm thrilled to welcome my next guest, an artist, educator, and the driving force behind Lower Deck Cards, making old cards fun again. Please welcome John Perry. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks. Excited. So, you know, and I think we have a mutual connection, obviously. <laughs> Shout out to Patrick. Yeah, Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, as a person that enjoys sort of things being repurposed and sort of making something old, new again and putting your own sort of spin on it, this is definitely going to be a treat. And I've been looking forward to this for for quite some time. Sweet. So, you know, thinking back, right, one of the themes um, I think in starting off this podcast is, you know, time, the origin stories, if you will. Um sure. I feel like a lot of unanswered emails are my origin story for when I become like a podcast villain, you know, right. like, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so, um, after I read your non-traditional bio, thank you, by the way, um, <laughs> skateboarding, BMX, graffiti, punk, hip hop, you know, all of these interests that kind of, you know, were, were, were you growing up? Um, what was your first love creatively and how did you get into that? Creatively? It would, um, it would be graffiti because, um, like, that was seventh grade, eighth grade, I think, you know, and until then you're just like this knucklehead kid that like plays, you know, football with your friends and all that stuff. And, uh, it was the summer between seventh and eighth grade, a kid moved down to my street. Um, and he was from Miami. So, you know, back then new kid lives on your street, you go knock on the door and go, Hey, you want to come play football or something? So he came out. And then, um, after the game, I went, he like invited me over and, um, he's the one that introduced me to like graffiti. He's like, you ever heard of graffiti? I'm like, like the writing on the wall stuff. He's like, <laughs> yeah. You know? And then he showed me like his, he had like this sketchbook where he had done all these pieces. And I was like, Whoa. Uh, and then um, there was this book in, in the bookstore subway art. You know, so all the graffiti writers, this is the, this is the Bible. And yeah. um, that was, that was a big turning point. Cause I remember when I opened that book, it was like, holy shit, what is this? And it like, I can still remember how the book sounded, how it smelled. Uh, and like, I used to go to that bookstore every day, <laughs> just flip through it and flip through it until I finally just bought it one day. And that was, um, that was the first thing where like, I would turn the TV off to draw graffiti. I would, you know, say I can't play cause I'm inside drawing graffiti. So it was like the first, the first thing that like really like, sucked hold of me where I was like, yeah, this is, this is, I got to do this. So, yeah. So is, is am I correct in saying New York, right? What's that? We're in New York, but we're in upstate New York, the whole yeah. rest of New York, yeah. <laughs> you know, other than New York city, the whole big fat state. Yeah. I'm, I'm near like, I'm in Rochester. So that's like, we're now hour outside of Buffalo. Got it. Got it. Got it. So, and, and thank you for, for sharing. Cause it's always, interesting to kind of tap into some of those like early creative experiences and maybe seeing like how they come back to us in maybe a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've remarked upon this before, like, you know, I'm a person with stage fright, right. But, you know, and I kind of, I, I, I override it I'll put it that way. But, um, when I was younger, just being pushed on stage to, to talk, you know, and being the MC for different things. And I'm like, 
want like can i tap back into being younger again so i can kind of like tap into that ignorance if you will (laughs) yes exactly no fear so you're an art teacher so let's let's talk about that a little bit like you know you know reading that you know background's art teacher been doing that for for quite some time and you've been published in the um the art of modern rock and been an art director for the record archive so let's let's talk about your your journey like you know in in this sort of creative space as a creative professional graffiti led me to like take some art classes in high school and then um learn this like whole other half of art um and uh, I loved it. So I was a, I was a late bloomer in that respect. So then um, I started taking every art class I could in high school. Then I was like, well, I guess I'll go to school for art. I had no idea what I was going to do. I'm just going to go for art. So um, we have SUNY schools up here, which are state universities. Mm-hmm. So I went to one in Brockport and um, I'd never painted before. So I just was like a drawer. That's all I did. So um, when I got into that school, my second year, I got in the painting program and um, we had a new painting, Leopoldo Fuentes. And this guy was phenomenal, phenomenal artist. Um, and he was actually teaching at the Chicago Art Institute, but his wife had family in Brockport and he was kind of making his way towards New York City. So like they did this three-year stint in Brockport. So I basically got like Chicago Art Institute training for like Brockport tuition, which is like steel, absolute steel. Um, But this guy was like, he was like no other. You'd be painting and you just take the brush out of your hand and be like, no, like this. And um, it was funny because people would get pissed about that in my class. And I didn't care. I wanted to learn. Like, yeah, show me. Um, so there was like this revolt one day where all these uh, students got together and they're like, he came, he came at the beginning of class and like, you know, we've got a problem, you know, you're painting on our work and that's not fair. And, you know, we've never seen your stuff. And he just goes, Oh, I want to see my stuff. And he, he goes in his office and he pulls out this slide carousel and he just starts flipping through the pictures and like three pictures in, like, it's just dead silent because it's just, <laughs> His shit's just killer. And like everyone just shut up. And it was like, it was, it was the most like passive aggressive way to just give the finger to everyone. <laughs> like walk if you want, but I'm here to teach. So um I did that. I graduated Bachelor of Fine Arts, which basically qualifies you to deliver pizzas. <laughs> so um I got into uh screen printing as kind of like a, a profession. So I was um I was working at a place where I was printing like on glassware, coffee mugs and all this stuff like that. Um, but uh, that's a hard life. Mm-hmm. And five years into that, I realized that um, I was, I was going to die at 40 if, if I kept doing this. Cause it was, it was basically living on a mountain dew and really bad food um, and working you know, 60 hours a week and just being miserable. So um I went back to school for teaching and then landed a gig at a, a middle school up here. And I've been doing that for um, 20 years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's, and thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Cause hearing like what that trajectory looks like, cause you know, I've, 
you know, part of what I do when I'm going through this, I try to prepare by, you know, going over the the guest bio and all the interviews and things that they've done, but also, you know, checking into like, what is the thinking and, and what sorts of conversations are artists and creatives having? And definitely I've heard that sort of uh, BFA conversation and so yeah. like, this is what you can do with this. And, and it's, it's interesting that combined with the sort of looking down upon people who are self-taught, you know, it's very, it's very weird. It's very interesting. Yeah, but it's like I paid a lot of money to sit in just a studio and paint, which anyone can pretty much do. So it's, I don't know, because I have a degree. <laughs> that was one of the things, like when when folks ask me about this, like I've been, you know, podcasting. It'll be it's fourteen years this month, it's and awesome. yeah, man, it's all of it self taught though, and. Great. You know, when folks are asking, like, so did you go to school for this? It's like, no, I did the safe move and I got a business degree. And it helps now in terms of taxes and writing for grants and proposals and putting together an email. But I remember I used to get joked about uh, people used to joke like, oh, you just have a business degree. You know, um, uh, it was a um, but it is like the business administration. But I was a bachelor's of science. So it's definitely the analysis side of it. But people used to see you know, business, uh, business administration. Oh, you're going to be a secretary. I was like, damn, if I will <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> Meanwhile, while I'm writing this correspondence. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting sort of, you know, identifying like what works for you, what doesn't. So having that period where I think it was like 24 and that was when I started, started podcasting. I yeah. was like, I need something creative. This day job, it pays, it's great, but it's none of the sexy stuff in marketing. And the only reason I picked marketing as an area that I wanted to go into, I was doing marketing analytics because it was close to something creative. At least yeah. that's what it felt like. And it turned out it wasn't that. It was just numbers. <laughs> it's all sucking, isn't it? Yes. So, you know, as it relates to like your work, and I, and I just added this question, as it relates to your work, like when you're working on something creative for yourself, because initially the, the thought, the thinking in this question is how often are you doing something creative, but you're a teacher, so you're, you're around that regularly. So when you're working on your like own projects, like how often, like what is that sort of cadence that you're working on, whether it be painting, whether it be thinking about like a project, um, because I, I know that there's this sort of analog to digital loop that people engage in. You know, I pull out my phone, write down an idea. I have a sketchbook, write down an idea. And that's time and energy that's going towards this creative pursuit. So for you, like, how often are you actually doing your your creative like work while like working towards that creative work as well? All the time. I think pretty much all the time. I think with, with teaching, what was nice is... Um, Teaching is a job that when the bell ends, I don't feel like I need to go home and sit on the couch for three hours and watch TV and just veg. Like I still have energy to be creative. Yeah. So it's almost like that bell ends and like the my, my time starts. So I'm constantly thinking about ideas. If, if I'm not searching, you know, web for like reference, I'm, you know, I'm researching somehow. I'm thinking yeah. about it like the seeds planted, my brain's going, going, going until it finally lands. And then I know what to work on. But I've always got like, I have like lists of cards that I want to do. Um, so they're all ready to go. So if I ever hit a point where, um, I've got nothing to do. I've got lists to go to, to like have other ideas ready to go. So my, my goal with all this is no downtime. 
Because when I think, when I've got downtime, that's when I can get into a rut and just be like, oh, this downtime's kind of fun. I'll watch some Netflix. I'll watch a couple movies. Oh, it's been three weeks since I've done anything. So I can't let myself do that. I got to stay on top of it. So I'm always like, I'm always on it. So you, you mentioned cards. I want to put a pen in that because that's related to the next question. But this is a sub question for it. So you know, I have this belief that being around people who are creating and I don't really hang out with too many podcasters. I like to hang out with the other types of artists like that are, sure. that are doing stuff. Cause I think, you know, that's where an exchange and where conversation actually happens. If you're just talking to the same people, Hey man, so what do you use to record? Oh, man, that's interesting. That's nothing right. there. Yeah. So, so in, in being, in being a teacher and like teaching art, does that play a role in it? Like being around sort of these active, young, engaging minds that are like learning these things and you're like, Oh yeah. So this is how you do this. or this is how you might want to look at this. Yeah. And it's like, um, I think what happens with, with teaching art is, um, I gotta be good at it all. Cause if they come to me and need help with something, um, I can't just be like, well, I don't know, <laughs> go find out. Like, I've gotta be able to be the one to show them. So one thing with being an art teacher is, you know, someone needs to know how to draw a dog. Someone needs to know how to draw a Frisbee. Someone needs to know how to paint. Like I've gotta know how to do all that stuff. So yeah. it's, it's made me um, a lot more well-rounded of an artist. I think mm -hmm. I used to stick with my things that I liked and uh, that that made me go out of my comfort zone because I had to I got to make it look like I know what I'm doing. And sometimes mm -hmm. I don't, to be honest, and I got to figure it out. I got to do some research. Yeah. So that's that's an interesting one, because I've had a couple of kids where it's like, hey, how do I do this? And if I don't know or I'm not sure, I always be like, hey, you know, I'm really busy right now. I'll look into that. I'll have that ready for your next class. And yeah. then I research and I'm like, oh, this is how you do it. And they're like, oh, it's amazing. I go, eh, nothing. Like, but it's like, I put the work in. Yeah, it's, it, it sounded at one point, like you had to do a little bit of everything and immediately thought of a diner for some reason. I got to make spaghetti and pancakes. Seriously, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a short, short order cook all day long. <laughs> That's great. Um, So... Lower lower debt cards. Let's, let's talk about it a little bit. Um, could you describe it for the folks listening? And and ultimately, like, how did this this idea come about? And again, you know, as I said earlier, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> I sit there and I giggle the entire day. Awesome, awesome. That's what we want. <laughs> um, lower debt cards is taking old cards and making them fun again. Um, so <laughs> what what we do is it's just me. There is nobody, nobody else. Um, I just paint on old cards, sports cards, baseball cards, football cards, basketball cards, um, soccer cards, you name it. Um, so this came about um, from our friend, Patrick. So Patrick from Be More Flea, um, he's, uh, he's a thrifter, uh, an antiquer. Um, I don't recommend ever going antiquing with him because uh, you are locked in for for the whole day. And <laughs> I, I don't know. I antique by walking through and looking for something cool, and I'm done. And he's already he's still at the first booth, and I've looked at the whole place. So um, I really don't go antiquing with him. But he had an idea. Like, what if we painted on these? He had all these old photographs. Like, what if we had like sent a couple to artists and we all kind of painted on them and then we kind of made this thing yeah. and i was like yeah but you know old photographs like is the paint gonna stick to them is it gonna damage them like that's gonna be kind of difficult and you're gonna end up running out of old photographs so then i don't know how it happened but he was like baseball cards 
I was like, yeah, let's do it. So um, he kind of was the brainchild behind it. And he picked a bunch of artists, like picked their brains, like, would you be interested in this? I'll send you some cards. Um, so it initially started, I think there's like five of us. And um, we all got our cards. And the first idea was just like zombies, something nice and simple. We'll keep it, um, you know, all nice and even. But if you want to do something different, go nuts. Um, so we all kind of returned our cards. And when I did this, I was like... You know, it was kind of fun because um, it was something creative to do when I didn't know what I wanted to kind of do. So I, I would I sit down to draw and I wouldn't know what I want to draw with the cards. It's like I always have something to kind of create. Um, so I did a bunch of these zombies, sent them back, and um, I just kept doing them. So I I went to like a thrift store and bought a whole bunch of old cards and I started doing these and then everyone started seeing a couple of these cards I was doing and it's like everyone comes out of the woodwork like oh, I've got a whole bunch of old football cards you want I got a whole bunch of old baseball cards so like I have thousands of cards now because they're worthless now um unless I mean and I'm not painting on like a, a, a Hank Aaron rookie card right right you know, I'm, it's no name <laughs> players and things like that but um what eventually happened was I was the only one doing this yeah. And I was sending them to Patrick and I'd be like, well, are you going to post it today? Are you going to post it tomorrow? Well, when are you going to post it? And he'd be like, you know, I got other Instagram accounts. I can't be doing this. <laughs> so I was constantly hounding them. And finally I was like, look, just give this to me because I'm the only one doing it. It's yeah. like, it's mine now. And uh, he was very cool about it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, just run with it. So um, ever since then, I've just kind of done it. And um I think, yeah, today I finished card 338. Nice. So it's, um, I've always been big on like, if you run into someone you haven't seen in a long while and they're like, hey man, like what have you been up to? I can like hold you, you know, I can give you a binder of 400 cards and be like, this is what I've been doing for like the last five years. So it's just like this moment of time. I've got something to show for it. Then oh, I watched these eight shows. I killed this whole Like, <laughs> So it's a moment of time, but it's lower deck is fun. It's meant to be fun. It's um, it's endless. So I can do cartoon characters. I can do superheroes. I can do um, I really haven't found one I can't do yet. And that's what's kind of that's what's fun about it. Yeah. And I've been learning as I've been going. So like each card, I kind of get better because. I've figured out how to fix this. I've figured out how to do this. I've figured out how to manipulate this. And they're tiny. It's a tiny, it's a tiny little surface. And these are things that would have just been trash. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm trying to make them in uh, something, I don't know. They're 50 cents more. <laughs> More now. <laughs> so, 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 so how do you, how do you go about it? Like, and where do the ideas come from? Like if I see a card and I see Panthro on it, I'm like, how did, how did Panthro get on the card? How, a lot of space goes here. How, so how does, how do you do it? And where do the ideas come from? Is it just like right here? Like, yo, this dude, that's a Pittsburgh pirate would look really good at space coast. <laughs> you know what it is, is I'll, I'll think about a character or I'll think about something I want to make. And I mm -hmm. literally have like these huge wooden boxes of cards so i get an idea and i get some references mm -hmm. and i start flipping through cards to see you know if a character's turned to the left i need to find a character that or a player that's kind of that way got it and 
I like the older cards. The older cards, they were more, especially the football cards. It's like, it's just the guy's head. These <laughs> days, it's like, you know, it's someone in action and like their head is a teeny, teeny, tiny. I can't do anything with that. But right. it's like, these, you know, old guys with these huge mutton chops and stuff like that. Those are the cards I can work with. But the ideas just, I, I don't know. It's like, I'll come up with an idea and that idea leads to a different idea. And I've kind of run the run a gamut where I just like, I'll do superheroes for a while. Then I'll like find some old um, cartoon character. And then it's like, Oh yeah. And then there's this cartoon and it just, it snowballs. Um, I've done different themes. Like uh, I was stuck for a while. So then I was like, well, I'll do whatever the card is. So if it's, uh, if it's the Tigers, I'll put a tiger head on the guy. If it's the Cardinals, I'll put a cardinal head on the guy. Just, you know, and some of them came out nice and some of them are just like silly. But <laughs> that's the idea is it's fun. Yeah. And the Panther card was actually um, a buddy of mine um, uh, commissioned me to do all the Thundercats. So he had, yes. he had four Thundercats he wanted to do, but he wanted to do them on specific baseball car- or basketball cards. So he actually sent me the cards and like he had a, it was like he was assembling his team. So I think Chris Weber was one of his cards. <laughs> um, Kobe is Lionel. Uh, so, which I was really nervous, like painting on a Kobe card, yeah. you know, I, regardless, it's like, it's Kobe. I, like I felt, felt sacrilegious, but um, that was fun. But ba- basketball cards are hard because the arms are exposed mm-hmm. you know, with a football player. I can hide all that. I just have to do the head. But when I do a basketball player, I've got to do more exposed. So I got to do the whole arm, but those, um, those were fun. They were, they were tricky too. Those took me a while to, to crank those out. Just, just painting cards. Jeez. That's yeah, my eyesight shot. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around it. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's really, that's really cool. And um, yeah, like I said, it, it's, it's definitely something that matches and hits my sensibilities. And it's like, you know, two or multiple things with the sort of um, the, the vehicle being the, a, a trading card to kind of like maybe tap into, yo, yo, I don't want to watch the Thundercats right now, man. <laughs> right. It's literally, literally what it does. And um, I, I really, I really dig that. And so in it, you know, I read that you, you like to like, you know, push the boundaries of what can be done on a small piece and like having that trading cards, limited space there. So when, when thinking through a car, potentially of a series, like where, where does that sort of process start? And you, you mentioned like flipping through, you mentioned seeing like, okay, there's a reference, this person's sitting this way, this person's that way, you know, what, what's sort of next within the process for you? You know, as a, as a painter, not on cards, I do photorealism. Hmm. So, um, I'll, I'll, I do black and white portraits and, um, try to make them look as real as humanly possible. So that's kind of what I'm trying to get or the direction I'm trying to eventually go is doing like portraits on these cards and making it work. Um, and I just, I just did one recently. I did Biggie on a, on a card. And, um, I was originally, this was Patrick's idea. He was like the, the sweater that Biggie always wore with all the colors. Yeah. He's like, you should just throw that sweater on a player. It'd be hilarious. I'm like, done. So I was actually sitting down to do that. And I'm like, why don't I just do Biggie instead? And just try it. Yeah. And uh, I 
I felt I pulled it off. So it was like, that was the first like human portrait I've done on a card. And that's like, it's new ground now. Like when I first started this, um, it was all zombies. And then I wanted to make Logan, like Wolverine, yeah. but without the mask. Yeah. So I painted like the sideburns on this guy and I put the cigar and I painted his hair in. And it's like, when I started doing, I was like, oh shit, this is a game changer. Cause I can do anything to these guys. Nice. So like, that's, what's kind of neat with this is discovering how to kind of go about it. And with the portrait cards, um, I was at an art show. It was like an art festival up here in Rochester. Um, and I had a booth and a guy came in and he was talking about the cards. He, he bought a poster I had or something like that. But then he, he emailed me and was like, Hey, I got all these cards. Cause I was talking about the cards, like how I want these big heads. And, um, he, he's like, I have this whole set and they're just black and white and they're all faces. So he's like, I want to send them to you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <I'll take them. laughs> Um, but they're perfect. So like they're all these huge heads and it's all black and white. So all I got to do now is like fit in that black and white portrait. And that's, that's, what's been fun. They're just, you know, the cards will take me half an hour to an hour. When I do in a portrait one, I'm putting in minimum two hours into that card. Yeah. So it's like, it's a lot more work. And the process I do on a, on a canvas yeah. Um, I can do some more stuff with the brushes. I do a lot of dry brushing, so I'm really scrubbing on that canvas. Yeah. I can't do that on the card because it just scrapes the paint right away. So it's like it's trying to learn a new process now, how I can recreate the look that I know how to do, but I can't do it the same way. So now right. how do I do it? And that's, you know, that's the new challenge. That's the new fun part you're always pushing the boundaries as I've read of, of what you can do. And, and, and I, I admire that, um, you know, like, I think you have a starting point as to this is what I do. This is kind of like where I, where I come from in, in my process and being able to maybe take it in a different way. Let me complicate this so I can learn something in this process. Um, let me add this new degree, this, this extra complication to it. Um, yeah, I've joked about it on here before, but it happens regularly where I won't write questions. That's why I asked like literally before we started, I might've sent you questions or, <laughs> um, like literally last Friday, I had my questions printed out and I left them in the Uber to the studio. And oh. so I, so I just had to go off the top of the dome and just try yeah. to remember them because I, I don't like having a cell phone out and reading questions. How it just feels like you're not prepared. It's like yeah. I'm just clumsy. <laughs> and and then the other thing is at times I'll forget certain elements that I need to record. Um, just I think I do it intentionally just to see like, all right, how are you going to get audio out of this one, WizKid? And, and just right, kind of right. figure it out. And, you know, it, it's it's really interesting. And I think it makes you very agile and very equipped. So I would imagine, you know, being able to have one, the patience to work on something so small. <laughs> That's right yeah. there. I'm just like, ah, <laughs> but working on something so small and just trying to like figure it out where you're going to start and, you know, potentially like having like a medium that's like, I don't really work on this medium in this way before these factors and still being able to put out this really, really interesting and cool work. You know, it's, it's something. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's fun. It's been interesting. It's been, uh, um, I feel like it's like untapped territory. So I didn't have to, I didn't have to like, um, follow somebody else that had done it. 
Um, and when this thing started, I was unaware there's like uh baseball card vandals. Have you seen these guys? No. So like they'll use a lot of Sharpie and like they'll change the words to the card. It looks like it looks like it's a bunch of guys that are just like smoking bongs and then they're like, uh, let's let's mess with some cards. And they're funny. I mean, they are really, really funny. Yeah. It's, it's not very artistic, but um those are the it's the only other thing I've kind of seen out there. And there's like there's the tops cards now. So their tops are having like these artists um kind of come in and manip- manipulate these cards and I've seen that, yeah. Things. It's like no one's calling my phone. Let's go, tops. Let's go. I'm the originator here. <laughs> Realistically, like I can see, you know, your stuff popping up in like Super Seven. What's what's that? What's Super Seven? Uh it's Toy Company. And oh, okay. I recently um, bought this um, is this biggie in the action figure and it has like the Brooklyn Nets jersey on and it has like the 72 all of that I was like I could easily see one of these like lower deck cards popping up in here with it because I go back to like I played with a lot of action figures growing up like especially like getting like the old Ninja Turtle joints and you have essentially like the back of it was a trading card with all the information on there and it's just funny when you get on like the the Amazons or wherever, and they sell those same things back to you, but at like three times the price. My God, yeah. <laughs> My mom hadn't thrown away that stuff. I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> so, creatively, like you know, are you a person that enjoys to work on multiple things at like once? Do you prefer to kind of like stick with one thing and have that sort of completion, that checklist, and move to yeah. the next thing? Like, what 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 does that look like for you? Yeah, I'm I can't I can't leave anything unfinished. So I have to do one and see it all the way through and then I can start the next one. So like um in college when we learned oil paint, mm-hmm. like oil paint takes forever to dry and I'd be looking at this like mistake for like a week that I couldn't fix cuz it wasn't and it would drive me absolutely like bonkers. So um that's yeah, I guess it's my uh a mental issue my for my own self there but um yeah i've got to kind of do it and get it done mm-hmm. um so i do everything separately i mean i do like illustration work for people and things like that but it's like i set aside time i do the drawing i ink that i get it all done i bring it into photoshop i color it i send it and then i work on a card or i work on painting but mm-hmm. it's yeah it's always i gotta see something through to the end at least take it to where i can uh and then um, I can move on because I, I can get really, really focused. I mm-hmm. just, I'm too scattered in my normal life to have my artwork that way would be absolute madness. <laughs> it's, it's like here, everything is like hurricane season here. Everything's right. buttoned up, neat, and a yeah. composition book is great. Yeah. <laughs> my bed is made. Everything is in order. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Not the real, not the real bed, but the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me in the Matrix. That that that, that exactly. bit is done. Yes. yes. Um. So this this is kind of the last question I have for you, and I and I think this ties to you being an artist, having a career in in arts, and having a career as an arts educator in in, in that sort of space, and having all of the stops on there. Um. I, I think this is a very interesting question. Like, aside from money, like you know, working with this sort of like new generation of of, of kids that are going to be pursuing art potentially. Um, you know, money is too obvious, right? So aside from money, money is too obvious. What are three things that you feel like an artist needs today? What do you mean needs? But by, by needs to to success, to succeed, to feel like, okay, I can create, whether it is 
an outlet. Some might say a podcast. Um, some might say um, just support. Some might say community. Um, some might say just the time and just the, the time to be able to create. So things of that nature, like what do you feel that for someone to to pursue creativity, especially when they're young, um, what do you think that they need? Is it encouragement? Is it things of that nature? I think I think they need dedication. You know, you got to be you got to be able to put that phone down and stay focused and razor sharp because the way I always think of it is if you know I'm taking a night off, there's someone else who's not, and there's someone else that's actually picking up the pencil tonight when I'm not. And I think with kids these days, and I I, I hate using that phrase because man now, <laughs> now I feel like the, the old fifty year old I am at this point. But it's like, you know, they just the focus and I'm I'm I mean, I'm working with fourth through sixth graders. So focus is really not something that they actually have. But there are some kids that I see that are dedicated, that are walking around with a sketchbook, you know, and they've had it for two years. And, you know, these kids in their classes will be like, well, she's really good or he's really good. And they like, you know, because they're just good. I'm like and I stopped the class. I'm like they're not good just because they're good. They're good because they work at it all the time. You're playing kickball. You're doing this. What are they doing? They're working in their sketchbook. That's mm -hmm. why they're good. And I try to explain to all my students. It's like 10,000 hours is the, the 10,000 hours is when you, they say with like, when you're good at something, I always say that's when you start to get good. That's when you start to realize that I put 10,000 in like, okay, now I, I, I get what it takes. But it's, I think it's, it's time, it's focus. And I think you've got to, these days, you've got to be as much of a marketer as you are an artist. You mm -hmm. can't just, I think people are just like, well, I'm really good. Someone's just going to magically knock on my door and be like, are you a good artist? Oh my gosh, look at this. Here's my <laughs> it's, it's not the way it works. You've got to, you've got to be good. And there's, there's always people that complain like, that guy's really bad at art or that girl's really bad at art and they're just killing it with money. It's like maybe, but they're real good at marketing and that's what you're not good at. And that's why they're bringing in the cash. If that's your, if that's your thing, that's why it's happening because they put the time into that. You can't, it's a, it's a scale. You can't put it all into one and hope that the other one just drops. It's not gonna. And I think that's, that's been the hardest thing for me is, um, just, I got to get my stuff out there. I've got to get it to people. I've got to be that guy that kind of goes into places and like, Hey, can I sell this here? And, um, I was never that guy in the past. And now it's, I think it comes with age where it's like, if you don't like my stuff, I really don't give a shit. I'll just go to the next place and ask them. Yeah. Someone will say yes, eventually. Yeah. So. I, I, I thank you. I, I think that's, really really true and you know as a 38 year old just turning 38 <laughs> i had this sort of uh <laughs> had this sort of conversation like last year when i was speaking at um the uh, high school i graduated from and, and speaking about like i wasn't trying to like you know crap on this idea of using social media and all of that different stuff but also use it for a certain purpose it's like you know you're giving away any creativity you have these TikToks, these videos, any of these different things that you're doing, there's a dollar amount attached to it. And oftentimes you're not getting a piece of it, but you're steady contributing to it, contributing to that sort of zeitgeist. And we get into this point of what's 
art and what's content and that's 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 where some of those conversations need to happen and i think yeah. you know stuff like this or you know not to toot my own horn but like podcasts like this and there's several others out there where kind of getting the temperature on what artists are engaged in and having those sorts of conversations and taking advantage of sort of the world being smaller and getting a sense of what's happening up there in Rochester, what's happening down here in Baltimore, what's happening in Atlanta, what are the people experiencing and how are they getting their work out there? More of those conversations I think are more purposeful and can kind of like kind of bridge that gap a little bit and narrow that sort of chasm where people who are really good marketers there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that we don't know. Yes. You know, like yeah. you guys have a team. You're sponsored by this company that might be terrible, but you know, they want to be in a certain market. So it's so many things that we don't see, and it can be very discouraging. But yeah. I think being able to have that focus on whatever your craft is and just like working on it. And I see that with you and how you were describing how you go about your work, or even in me doing this, this is probably the 600th, 600th episode I've recorded in the four years yeah. and having all of the different stuff that I'm doing. This is not just a side fun project for me. This is a fun project, but it's something that takes up a lot of time and I'm very passionate about it and stretching the boundaries of it. Yeah. But you can tell. And I think, again, that's, that's goes back to that conversation I had where it's like, well, what have you been up to for the last four years? Well, yeah. Go to Spotify and, and flip through. I mean, I was digging today, looking through all these, <laughs> and it's like, holy shit, how many of these are there? Like, <laughs> this is a ton. I, I listened to one of them, some tattoo guy. That was pretty cool. Tattoo guy out of Baltimore. That was a pretty good one. That's the guy that actually did my most recent tattoo. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Nice. Yeah, it was, it was. But it's like, what I like about your podcast, too, is that it's it's art, but it's like, there's a baker. There's a, there, you're, you're not just one lane you're you're tapping into kind of everything and now it looks like you're in philly and talking to people in philly and stuff like that yeah. so like that that's it's cool that it's branching out but same thing you know yeah. did you think when you did your first podcast you'd be you know what episode 600 14 years ago <laughs> or later you know it's like it's awesome yeah. Impressive. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny like in, in starting it off like this was my my second podcast, second major one. Like, you know, this has been about 600 in four years. Whereas, you know, starting off, I did a arts and pop, I mean, a, a pop culture and comedy podcast for about 10 of those years. Nice. And, you know, it was a lot of fun. And at one point, you know, I was, I had a network of five different podcasts while having all the responsibilities, J jobs and all of that. And I was the only editor. So doing oh. all of the things and, you know, now I'm like, I'm older, I'm wiser. I might, <laughs> yep. I'm, I might do two podcasts. I'll do my movie review podcast, which is a lot of fun outside of this one. And I'll do this and, you know, and seeing it as, and I like the way that you said it, you, you, you like to finish things, right? Seeing this as an ongoing thing. This yeah. is, you know, because there's always artists. There's always people that are in this sort of lane of um, cultural pres um, preserve uh, preserving culture. And I think that that's what I try to tap into. Who are the real people? And having a very, you know, admittedly sort of broad POV on it, because it can be very like I'm reading this book now about um, talk art. It's this uh, based on a podcast. And I'm at this part where they're talking about public art. And they're saying that, yeah, you know, sometimes galleries are exclusionary. Certain people can't go and see and appreciate art, whereas yeah. public art, it's for everyone. And right. I try to take that approach in doing this of, do you do something creative? Do you have an interesting story? 
do you want to come on a podcast? Let's see if we can do it. Yeah, I think that's that's perfect. That's that's really what it is. <laughs> I when you bring up that, like I hate how some art is um very exclusive. I, that's the whole piece to that that I I can't stand. And I think with the lower deck cards, this is kind of I've thought about this a couple of times. It's almost like back to that graffiti piece that I yeah. start with, where it's like you're drawing that mustache on that poster. It's <laughs> it's just an extension of that. But yeah, I I totally agree. The um, I was not meant for the art world. Like <laughs> fine art world, like those those uh, no, they we didn't we didn't get along too well. I mean, I just want to be able to go to a gallery, and we'll get into some rapid fire questions in a moment. I just wanted to go to a gallery dress like a cartoon character i just want to be in character just just be just be kind of a prick That'll fit in, in la you'll be all right <laughs> it's like that movie Vel velvet buzzsaw i just want to do that it's like he's he's obviously bald what is this terrible wig he's wearing <laughs> so all right i got some rapid fire questions for you um i got five of them um and i'm going to start off with this one uh what's a hidden gem in your city? Like it could be a place you go to get a meal. It could be a place where you like to just like, hang out, have a drink, what have you. What is a hidden gem in your city? Hmm. Um, I think a hidden gem, we've got this place called the little theater. Um, so it is like, imagine walking into like a movie theater from like the 1950s. Nice. Um, so it's that kind of a place. And you know, it's known, but I don't think people take enough advantage of it. And they do um, they do a bunch of cool things where they'll uh, they'll have like these things Saturday rewinds. So mm -hmm. they'll um, they'll show Back to the Future, or yes. they'll show like something, but it's like the actual film, and they've got to get permission to do this film to show it. And there's a lot that kind of goes into it. And I think um, Rochester was Kodak and Xerox and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's like the one. I don't know, the one last piece of that that we still have. But yeah, very cool. If you ever come to Rochester, go to the go to the little theater. It's very cool. Good to know. What is something that without fail makes you laugh? Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's always some conversation with Patrick, probably. He's always got some kind of little quip. But um, something that always makes me laugh. I don't know, I'm a sucker for cat videos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Yeah, um, my my partner and I we have a rag doll, and he is an asshole, and he's the he's the cutest animal in the house, but he is a dick, and he's super like like big, and he we have like a um a ninety pound maybe a hundred pound sheeper doodle, and they like he just slaps him around, it's just disrespectful, <laughs> and then he just looks at him, so we you know make a British accent for him because he just has that face of right. like I'm judging everything and everyone here, love it, um. So trading cards are collectibles. Um, what do you collect? Oh, what do I collect? Uh, good question. I used to collect a lot of stuff. And I don't think I collect much of anything. I got a whole bunch of old comic books I still have that are just sitting around. Yeah. Um, I don't think I collect anything. I'm at that point in my life now where I like, I'm purging everything. Like I want to be able to like have my life in a duffel bag and you know the world's going to shit and i just throw the bag and i just walk out the door I, i'm I don't, I don't have anything i gotta take with me I don't, no worries no nothing it can all just go when the heat's so, around the door <laughs> yeah just i'm out <laughs> how many hours of sleep do you typically get Oof, um let's see i usually go to bed around 1 one thirty, and i'm up at seven so five and a half 
Okay. Five and a half. I've been on this hot streak talking with, uh, I try to work in one of those sort of self-care questions once in a while. It's like, what you have for breakfast? I'm like, ah, half a banana and a cigarette? I'm like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and the, the sleep question is always interesting. I had like a series of like four interviews in a row. And they were like, yeah, about three and a half hours, four. I was like, yo, I just, I just look at them like, as a person that gets about six, maybe seven, um, you know, I feel better when I'm getting like seven. I get six. I remember it was this period during uh, during the summer a couple of years ago where these these jerks were just letting off fireworks all the time. I was getting five hours of sleep and all of this was just not good. I was like, I'm going yeah, exactly. to hurt someone here. I was like, I don't want to do this right now. <laughs> I, five and a half is like my bare minimum because I got to deal with kids and I, I can't get fired. <laughs> so this, this is the last one I got for you. Uh, and I, I've seen some doozies. Um, there's one... Uh, like mythical uh, Billy Ripken card here in Baltimore lore. I'm sure you know oh, that card. Yeah. Oh, yes, and well aware. Yep. <laughs> what is the the funniest card that you've come around that you've that you've encountered that you found like maybe in a deck in a in a in a group of cards that you're like, all right, that's really good. I got to paint this one. So, um, it I got a a big stack of cards from this guy once. Like I painted a, I painted a thing. He had all these old cards we traded, and um, I was just going through these cards and. The player's name was Happy Feller. And I'm not shitting you. That's, <laughs> and I was just like, the card's done. I don't even have to do anything to it. This is just Happy Feller. And he looks like, um, oh, God, he looks like an actor. Um, who's the guy? He's got curly hair. Um, does He was in, um, God damn it, why can't? I'm terrible with names these days. He was in the movie with... Um, Leonardo DiCaprio about Wall Street, the Wolf of Wall Street. He, um, Jonah, Jonah Hill. Jonah, it looks like he Jonah Hill. Like Jonah Hill. The, and it says Happy Feller, and it looks like Jonah Hill. I'm like, holy shit, that's the, the best card I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. He played for the Philadelphia Eagles football. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. just looking at this dude. He's a goofball. He's, yeah. he's a kicker, too. Boo. But Happy Feller, like, that's your name? Holy shit. Like, <laughs> I thought it was a joke at first. I'm like, oh my god, that's one happy fella. <laughs> yeah, you can't forget uh, Rusty Koontz. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. It's a great name. <laughs> it's like, mm, how's that pronounced again, sir? Uh, so that's that's pretty much it um, for for this 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 conversation. And um, I'm going to thank you for coming on. This has been a lot of fun. And thanks for having me. Yeah, and I, I want to invite and encourage you to tell the listeners. This is part of that 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 promotion and that marketing component here. Tell the yep. listeners where they can check you out, check out your work. The floor is yours. All right, uh, best place to find me is on Instagram at Lower Deck Cards. Um, I got links in there. I've got links to. Um, I've got a whole store on Threadless, so you can get cards put on shirts, hats, pillows, um, your bedspread if you want. I don't know if you'd want a card on that, but uh, it's entirely up to you. Um, I'm on uh, TikTok at Lower Deck Cards too, trying to tap into that little market. Um, that's a whole new juggernaut that I'm slowly just getting my feet um, wet into. Um, and then I have a website, LowerDeckCards.com. You can buy you can buy the cards directly.